Welcome back to Funny Blunt Truth. We're on episode 28. Uh, we're very happy to have uh, Richard Hawthorne on the podcast. Richard, you want to say hi to the fans out there? What's going on, guys and gals? <laughs> uh, <Down the> country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Dave. Don's on a po- podcast, of course. Uh, and for you guys listening, if you don't know who Richard Hawthorne is, Richard the Ant Hawthorne, YouTube his videos right now. The man is incredible. Um, pretty much world known, uh, power lifter, weight lifter. And, uh, some of his lifts are like absolutely incredible. So, um, Richard, the, the first question I have for you is this is a, a deep, tough one. Uh, do you like the nickname, the ant? <laughs> um, I think it fits. Uh, it, it stuck as soon as the guy had said, uh, it came out of his mouth, uh, probably about 10, uh, probably about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, wow. um, I, I think it fits. And, uh, so I, I can't not like it if it don't fit, you know, I mean, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And the thing with nicknames is you, you can't give yourself a nickname, right? Like somebody has to give, give you your nickname. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you okay. fight it. If you fight it, people embrace it that much more. So you just roll with it. <laughs> you, you're exactly right. You're exactly yeah. right. But so I, you're, I never did have to fight. I never did try to fight it. But uh, but yeah, it it stuck immediately. Yeah, it it's like it's really fitting. Um, some of your lifts are insane. Like I remember the the first video I saw of yours. Uh, you were deadlifting 600 pounds for four reps. And at the time, unless I'm mistaken, the, the video said you were weighing for like that competition or, or meet like 135 pounds. It's like, how is that even possible? <laughs> time, time, make, time <clears throat> cures all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's what I usually weigh. I usually weigh in between 130 and one, 130, 132. Well, actually about 128 to one, 132. Yeah. That is like absolutely insane. Um, we were talking off air, Richard and I, and I was explaining to him, I said, you know, uh, I lift weights. I've been lifting since I was like 12 years old. It's like a, a big passion of mine. And, uh, so like I can appreciate how heavy that is. That is like, it's, it's just nuts. Like there's people that weigh like 250 pounds who, who really can't deadlift that. Like that, that's a lot of dedication or hard work. I bet. Uh, yeah. Like I said, um, Tom has played a big role in it, and I'm a very uh, intuitive person with uh, with my body. So um, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to find the absolute truth of everything. And and that being a sport that I love, I definitely you know did some nitpicking, mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the I will, least. I will say this is amazing. I mean, on my end, I don't know too much about weightlifting and a lot of the stuff Dave's into, like the the MMA fighting and whatnot, but. Uh, you know, I was watching your video earlier, uh, the same one he's talking about where you did a deadlift at 600 pounds. And I just think to myself, I can barely lift my 50 pound dog <laughs> <laughs> without breaking out into this way. That's pretty amazing. We all have our gifts, Don. You're, you're a podcaster. so uh, <laughs> yeah. And you're a fisherman. I'm, I'm into the arts. <laughs> there, there we go. I love the arts too as well, so. And yeah, I can it. actually see that. I was uh, cruising through some of your Instagram posts. You definitely like uh, a lot of uh, really nice, um, what do you call them, like uh, quotes from people, famous people, or, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm I'm a very um, uh, spiritual uh, mm-hmm. person, which came from which came from my lifting. Mm-hmm. So it's much deeper than just the physical aspect, but um, mm-hmm. you know what I teach and what I'm about is about all three levels: um, the physical, mm-hmm. mental, and spiritual. So mm-hmm. it's it, it it all came together uh, from a, a natural type thing that I just grew into, you know? So mm. yeah, that's, that's all me. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I definitely gather you're like a really positive person, Richard. Um, so Richard, like in your big lifts, what do you say is actually more important, the physical or the mental aspect? Oh, the mental, um, the, the mental, uh, by far, but, uh, most people don't get to that level, but, uh, but spiritual overall, because when you when it's when you can be able to breathe correctly and um, connect all three together, that's mm-hmm. when the body reacts. Um, um, it's it's like um, that's when you're in that that uh, that focus, and the mm-hmm. body just reacts. Period. Mm-hmm. It just it just do what it's supposed to do without mm-hmm. you thinking. Mm-hmm. So you're in some type of like zone is what you're saying. <clears throat> yep. Exactly. Mm. Well, one thing I noticed also from your lips, Richard, is uh, you're just so calm. Like, you know, some guys kind of just like rip the weight off the ground and they get all amped up like with adrenaline. It seems like, I mean, it really does seem like you're like so in the zone and focus. It, 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 exactly. And um, that's one of not only, you know, uh, my size amazes people, but how I approach the weight uh, amazes people as well. And mm. that's exactly what I was talking about Um Pretty much what I do is um, I control my breathing and um, get to a point to where I'm not thinking at all. And mm-hmm. uh, the breath actually helps me do that. And when I feel totally relaxed, mm-hmm. that's when it's time. So, um, yeah. So, um, it's it's interesting you say that because there's an old, old Formula One driver. His name's Jackie Stewart, and he's a four-time world champ. And he always said you do your fastest lap when you're your most relaxed he's like you're basically halfway to falling asleep he's like you're so calm and you're so zen out no emotions there he's like that's when he pulled the fastest laps and it sounds very similar as to what you do um, i mean by far um that's I, I believe you know the things that i do i believe that i'm 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 not special. I just believe that I, I've, I've learned how to tap into that. And uh, mm. I think, you know, what I'm actually doing is it could be the, the average, you know? Mm. Um, and, um, like you said, just like the Formula One driver, um, uh, a lot of the greats, uh, tap into that, really tap into that. And, um, mm-hmm. and like I said, when you, when you become thoughtless, your body reacts. It's just like that, um, that saying where a mother, um, a, a child is stuck under a car and the mother mm-hmm. has to pick up the car. Yep. The, the mind switches off and the body just reacts. Yeah. So, um, and, like and I, another thing, go ahead. No, not to cut you off, but it's kind of like you just, you have to accomplish that goal. Like it just, it's like mm-hmm. a subconscious thing where you, you're just going to lift it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's no, it's no more. The thing is what, what I gather from and what I teach is, is, um, it, it cuts out the ego. Like, mm-hmm. um, when I get ready to walk up to the bar, 
uh, one thing that I never do is look at the weights on the outside. Because mm-hmm. if I look at the weights on the outside, that allows me to become aggressive. I'm like, mm-hmm. I look at him like, I really got to pick this shit up. I, I got to be aggressive. I gotta, <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it brings out the rage or it brings out the, the aggressiveness. And, uh, <clears throat> when that happens, um, you definitely won't be able to tap into it. So it's, it's more of, it's more of your ego. So all your emotions is, are, are the very things that make you, um, um, miss out on your potential. Mm-hmm. You, you know, what's funny, Richard, um, there's a lot of parallels with like powerlifting and like, uh, mixed martial arts and, and like fighting the fighting world. Cause, yes. um, if you go into a fight angry, you're not yep. going to perform your best. Um, cause you're not focused and you're like overly aggressive. And then also like with the training, um, if, if you're, if you practice a punch like a thousand times, it becomes <laughs> kind of like muscle memory. Like you just, you just do it. And that's exactly what you want. Like with the striking and like grappling and stuff like mm. that. So it's amazing. Like the parallels between like powerlifting and, uh, and, and like, uh, martial arts and stuff. So I, I definitely no, get that. That's, that's, um, I'm glad you say that cause I teach that, um, as well um all my my beliefs and my uh the way i approach powerlifting is totally different from everybody else's um <laughs> most powerlifters um do you know um heavier sets uh mm-hmm. low reps heavier sets and i do a lot of reps mm-hmm. um and um i believe that's a part of it mm-hmm. and um so you don't believe in maxing out in training right you you, you where oh. do you go like 75% I don't even go by percentages. I can't, I, I can't even <laughs> say it like this. I can't even add, add up percentages. <laughs> I don't, okay, I don't okay. go by percentages. <laughs> it's, it's all by feel for me. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. cause I, I don't know if I, if I, if I'm on, uh, get the right food in that day or if I didn't sleep mm-hmm. that night, if I mm-hmm. had a hard physical day. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I go in training and I have to do 75% and my body, mm-hmm. It physically not up to it, uh, and I miss, say it's supposed to be my second set. Say mm-hmm. if I miss that, then my whole, my whole workout is messed up. And not only that, mentally, I'm thinking, if I'm getting ready for like a competition, mentally, I'm thinking, well, I'm supposed to get that weight. Now I'm behind and now I'm going to rush the rest of my training cycle for this meet. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it, it's to me, that's defeating, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, um, That's so cool uh, and interesting that uh, you, you just do things by feel. And, and I, and I guess that's like by doing it so many years, um, the, the action star martial artist Van Damme, he has the same philosophy with weight training. He doesn't even like count the weight that he like lifts with. He just kind of like, has a feel for it, like what's good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I never but, uh, knew that. <laughs> I, I didn't know that about him either. But but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a big I'm I'm a big believer on in feel. Um, um, mm. I, I believe that the things that we call tangible are the very things that that throws us off, you know. And yeah. uh, and um, that's that's a huge downfall for a lot of people, I believe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, can can you go over? I saw I saw something interesting on your um, <clears throat> on your Instagram account where you talked about two different forms of lifting, raw versus gear. What mm-hmm. exactly do you mean by that? Because because there's a lot of times uh, I don't really I don't know I don't watch that many sports, but I do watch uh, Formula One, obviously, and they always talk about uh, mechanical grip versus aerodynamic grip, which for the lay people, you know, lay person wouldn't necessarily understand. So when I hear something like Raw lift versus gear lift, it really piques my interest because it sounds like something very similar. 
But I don't um, have a clue what it is. Well, what it is is it's um, gear is, is suits. Um, um, suits uh, actually helps you. It gives you support. Um, it keeps you safe, safer, um, and it, it it actually help help you in strength as well. So, um, I want to say around two thousand and two thousand and seven. Um, a lot of people started getting away from gear. So a lot of squat suits and deadlift suits and, and, um, bench shirts, they started to drop that. And then, um, competition started to become more and more just lifting raw. Um, and, um, right now it's all raw pretty much, you know, you have only a few geared meats now. Um, so, uh, that's what I meant. It, it's, it's equipment actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Richard, the shirts they're like very stiff, right? And and that's what you yes. that's what kind of helps you like with benching and, and deadlifts. Yes, yes, yes. That's what they um uh, yeah, that's what uh the suits are. They're um That's just to keep you more rigidized. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um like I said, it gives support. So the more support <clears throat> you have, the more compression and um you have a rebound in a of uh sense mm-hmm. to it. Hmm. Um, Richard, I have a question for you, and I'm sure you probably you probably had this one, uh, but I'm sure like the listeners uh, tuning in right now probably would want to know. Um, when was the first time you picked up a set of weights, and like what started you on this whole journey? Well, um, I, uh, a guy in my neighborhood, a good friend of mine, but um, asked me if I wanted to uh, powerlift. For the high school, um, I was in ninth grade, and um, and uh, they needed a 114er. So the 114er is the smallest uh, weight class for the guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I, I'm I'm still you know on a, I'm still small, but um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um they well, hella, hella, hella powerful though. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but um, I, they they kind of convinced me to do it, and. Um, uh, the first year, um, I had, there's three, three competitions in high school. I mean, three meets in high school. So you have district, South State, and state. And, uh, my district and South State, um, uh, district, I had nobody to compete against. And South State, I had two, uh, I believe two guys. And I, I pulled it off. And then, uh, state, um, it was a full roster. And, um, I pulled it off by five pounds. And, after that, after that meet, I, I literally stated that, um, I was going to be pound for pound strongest person in the world. And, um, and I was going to own my own gym, uh, right after that meet. So, um, I, I really, I really, um, talk about that a lot because, uh, um, that's exactly what I, I've done in my life. So, um, <clears throat> a, along with a few other things I stated that right after as well. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, uh, I mean, I've seen other big lifts by, by other powerlifters, but these guys are weighing like far greater than you. We're talking like a hundred pounds and up, you know, there's like 400 pound dudes, 350 pound dudes. And, uh, what you lift based on your weight, it's like, it's like super, it's like almost unnatural. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> well, I think that's know? why that name fits the ant, right? Cause yeah. they lift, you know, like 10 <clears throat> times their own body weight or yeah. something. Yeah. It's uh, uh, uh go ahead Richard. Um 
Yeah, um, um, I, I, I went down to Australia and, um, that was in 2013 and, um, I, I officially lifted 11.34 times my body weight. Um, that was the most in history. Wow. Uh, at the time. Um, and, um, but, but, but you're correct. Um, one thing that I, I feel like, um, that benefited me was that at age 18, I realized I'm 32 now. Mm-hmm. I realized that my body weight can no longer influence, uh, the weight on the bar. And once I realized that, I, I figured out that I need to be damn near perfect when I lift. And I've been have I've been, I had the pleasure of training with that thought for 16 years now. And, and guys that's heavier haven't even thought about that or even reached that point to where, um, four times body weight to where they even have to think about that. Their body yeah. weight, their mask and actually, their mask can actually still influence the weight. Mm-hmm. So I think that contributes to it a lot. Yeah, it's like you you have to have flawless technique based on your body weight to get the max lifts. Uh, where whereas other guys like you're saying, they're weighing like 350, you know, like really big dudes. And it's like when you see like the world's strongest men like on, on that that competition, most of those mm-hmm. guys are big, and you know, like their weight is like helping them with these lifts, as you said. Uh, mm-hmm. So with you, it's almost like. Uh, you know, it's like a blind guy having to have sharper hearing. So it's like you being a little smaller, you got to have that perfect technique to get these huge lifts. So that's that's really amazing. Um, is, is that a big portion of it too? Like there's the actual like physical technique, like the actual structuring of the way you're standing and how you actually move your body through the motions? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> most definitely. Um, and... Um, what I teach is, is, is totally different from anybody else. And, and I, I pretty much, I'm not going to get too much into it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, because yeah. people pay for it, but yep, what yep. I've done, <laughs> what, what I've done is, um, I broke it all the way down to energy. Um, um, I'm not, I'm not the smartest guy by no means, but, um, I sat out some years and really, Neither are we. <laughs> I, I really, um, I really, um, dug into what I was feeling when I was lifting and, um, I pretty much broke it down from, broke it down to physics and geometry and, um, mm-hmm. the way the body should, should, should be worked. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of, proud of that. And, and, and it, a lot of people think I'm just built for deadlifts and, and, um, and that's definitely not the case. Or my squat wouldn't be as as strong as it is, or my bench as well. Well, I, I, you know, I think a lot of people uh, have the idea that when they see somebody who's a professional, they just think that came to them naturally because they don't see the years and the years and the endless hours put into practicing uh, in anything, whether it be weightlifting, arm wrestling, or even like singing. You know, uh, I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head when people are like, yeah, you're built for it, so you can do it, but that's just not that you train for a long time, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I get that a lot too. Uh, definitely get that a lot, but and it, it is what it is. And, um, I, I just, um, what mm-hmm. I love is being able to show people what I do and they say, and, and they, they get that light bulb moment like, <laughs> Wow, 
it's not just, you know, it's not just that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, I, that's, that's, the, that's where I'm at now. I'm, I'm, I'm still lifting and competing. Uh, I've been out of, um, comp, I haven't been competing as much because I've been turning everything over to, um, uh, doing seminars and teaching people, um, teaching people these, these movements, um, actually giving them a new perspective of how we're supposed to move, not just lifting, but how we're supposed to move. And, uh, um, does that translate, does that translate all that stuff, that teaching into like the normal world, like sitting in an office desk, walking around, does that like change any of that as well? Oh, no, no. I mean, what I've, what I've came up with, um, this format is how we actually supposed to move as as human beings all um, around. We, uh, all around. So this actually this format actually works with you can take it and put it on gymnastics. You could take it and put it in ju- uh, jujitsu. You could put it in um, uh, yoga. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I I really really looked and 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 questioned everything that um, not only I've done but what others have done and, and taught. So mm-hmm. that's, that's a big thing to me is perspective. Um, mm-hmm. because one words, words are very powerful and dangerous. So, um, a, a word like the word pool, mm-hmm. uh, that word has, uh, disrupt, dis- has disrupt, um, the very, uh, dead, the, the the very thought of what a deadlift is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, um, that's why I believe I'm, uh, I, I, uh, have such great form because I believe the deadlift is not a pull. It's a push. So, um, mm-hmm. just that, that thought pull, you're thinking about pulling it up with your back and your back is doing nothing but maintaining the weight and, and your joints are doing the function. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, so. uh, yeah, I saw, um, I was going to ask you about that also, Richard, um, how your philosophy, uh, a deadlift isn't a pull, it's a push. I saw a video of you talking about that. And, uh, like, I don't want to get into too much detail because you do seminars and stuff. Um, but, uh, going back to something a little bit back, uh, in my limited experience with lifting and deadlifts, um, Don, you, you asked something about, like, uh, and there's a lot to it in detail. And like I said, I'm not even going to throw my number out there because this is embarrassing compared to Richard's. Oh, but, man. His n- but, yeah, um, don't, don't even think that. <laughs> but, uh, Don, it goes, I mean, there's so many, so many little details, like how close your shin is next to the bar, like your posture, form, breathing. I mean, um, it really does help with, uh, with, uh, getting, uh, weight up. But, um, Richard, I have another question for you. Um, it's kind of deep. So what is, um, what is weightlifting and powerlifting? What does it mean to you? And what does it, what does it do for you? Uh, is it a passion? Is it, is it a stress release? It is a, is it a way of life? I'm glad you asked that. Um, it, it, it could get a little deep here. <laughs> um, like, right. like I told you, uh, like I told you, um, this, it, it goes on all three dimensions, physical, mental, and spiritual for me. Um, um, this is not only, I believe everything that, everything that, that is done out there should be an art. And for me, this is a discipline. So anytime when you have an art or a discipline, it translates to life. 
um, and this translates to life for me big time. Um, here's how I kind of put just fitness in general and, and people, a lot of people are kind of clueless. Um, a lot of people don't know why they get stuck in a gym. Uh, people go into the gym for the cosmetic side. I want to look this way. Or I need to lose this, whatever, whatever. They, they looking for, they going in for one goal, which is always the appearance. Mm-hmm. But as they go in there and they're trying to figure out, you know, how to reach those goals, they start to troubleshoot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once they start to troubleshoot, they see small little changes. So they start to get a little, um, they start to get a little uh, self-esteem. Um, they start to get a little um, uh, determination. Um, they start to get a, a little uh, motivation mm-hmm. and uh, dedication. So they start to build all these mental aspects. So they learn how to troubleshoot and they start to grow as a person. Okay. And that's, that's what, what keeps them in there because they start to feel good about themselves. And each time they go in, they feel better and better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go in for one aspect, the physical aspect, but they grow mentally. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But as you get in there and you start understanding a lot more, which most people don't get there, um, mostly athletes just athletes that that's been doing a certain thing get there but mm-hmm. it starts to become spiritual mm-hmm. um um that's what that's what you see you know people like michael jordan when it's when it's time he just don't miss you know what i mean he just takes mm-hmm. over the game because he's in that zone yeah. um but um that's that's what it is for me because when you get when you start to get all that what people don't realize <clears throat> is that it don't stay in the gym it goes outside the gym. You start mm-hmm. for your for your actual work, whatever you do outside of work or in at home, you start mm-hmm. to be dedicated at whatever you're doing. So mm-hmm. it leaks over. It's a parallel of life. Mm-hmm. And um, and especially lifting. Uh, what a lot of people don't understand is that movement is evolution within itself. Um, one thing that I believe, um, one thing that I, I, I kind of teach is that um, – that um move like i said movement is evolution so every when we move the more you move the more the blood is circulating in your body so mm-hmm. the blood sends all the hormones and stuff to the bones and to the joints and things like that so mm-hmm. you're better off okay so what usually happens when when somebody retire 3 to 5 years they mm-hmm. pass away so what's actually happening is that you literally saying i don't need you you telling your body that you don't need it. So because mm-hmm. you're the blood flow is not going throughout the body. OK, mm-hmm. so so it's not sending those hormones uh, to the bones and to the joints and to, to the, all the organs like it's supposed to. That's why people get stiff and, and, and can't move around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're literally saying, OK, I'm too good for you, body. I'm going to evolve. So you leave the body. That's how mm-hmm. I kind of look at it. Mm-hmm. Um but also in powerlifting or not just in powerlifting, but in resistance training, training with weights, what people don't understand is um, that that our metabolism, what I just got through talking about, people think metabolism metabolism uh, is uh, how how good you burn calories and things like that. That's not mm-hmm. your metabolism. Metabolism is the essence of evolution. 
Okay, that's that's sustaining your structure. That's uh, reproducing and that's um, adapting to your environment. Mm-hmm. So with resistance training, um, that's exactly what you're doing. So when you're lifting with weights, whether it's super heavy or not, what you're actually doing, you're adapting to your environment. So your bone structure will become denser because you're being under a load. And then your joints are also becoming more durable to, uh, to last that and, and your balance is getting better and better. So, so what's the, some of the first things that go for older people is their balance Mm -hmm. and their, their bones get brittle and, um, and also lifting and movement helps with the cognitive uh, part as well. So I believe lifting resistance training is evolution within itself so it it's i believe it's far more to it than just lifting and 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 um um what i'm trying to get people to do is understand that mm-hmm. yeah richard with me um like i said uh, i'm a i'm a pretty big fitness guy and um you know i get a lot what you're saying uh you know for me like i have to have like a goal and i think people should have a goal so mm-hmm. like you said, people feel, you feel good about yourself when you, when you hit like PRs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I have a background, I've trained MMA for like, for like some years and, you know, I wouldn't, I would push myself in a gym and, you know, people would like, let's say they apply like a choke and, you know, you can like tap out or something once they kind of got you. But I would train my mind to like not quit right away and try to fight the choke off because, mm-hmm. You know, you just, you just subconsciously train yourself not to quit. So when you come out the gym, you have that approach towards life too. And like every, every other thing, um, and the same thing with weightlifting, you know, when you push your body to, to its limits, um, you just develop like mental toughness, you know, that's what I believe. And I can really relate to what you're saying. I get it. How about you, Don? On some level, do you, uh, (laughs) yeah, I, I, you know, all the experience that I have is always in racing. I mean, I was a, uh, I'm an instructor for many years after uh, racing for a long time and not NASCAR and turning left and right formula racing. And, and I completely, completely understand what you're saying in that respect about pushing beyond where you think you can. Cause you'll get to a point, <clears throat> at least in the racing industry where, you know, maybe you have like an endurance race or races back to back and you'll be in the car and you're still needing to pull off those Zen like lap times we were talking about, but you need to do that with 20 other people on the track while your ribs are still bleeding from all the G forces. And, you know, you're in a multi-layer, yeah, you're in a multi-layer Nomex suit with gloves and a helmet, the engine strapped to your back, the fuel tanks under your ass. And, uh, you know, you're, you're 120 degrees inside. Your brain is at complete maximum. You can't take any more input in and you need to do that without killing yourself for another 40 minutes. So yeah. And from that, you definitely grow. I feel like that's, that's definitely a workout in and of itself. And, uh, you know, I can, I completely side with, uh, what you were saying, Richard, about, you know, helping you out fully. You know, I feel like I was way more fit back in my days, even though I never really exercised that much. I'm mm-hmm. a pretty lean guy, but, um, just doing that stuff alone, I felt, very much better, more, more flexible, more, I don't know, just all around better, but I, I can kind of, uh, you know, it's not it's essentially like being choked out into a fight and <laughs> trying to push that out, but, but I can, I can understand where you guys are coming from on a lot of that, you know? No, no. I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's, it's all the same. It's definitely all the same. And, and with yours, it is physical as well. Um, but that's really, really, um, I mean, all of it is mental. All of it is, Comes, oh, it's so it mental. comes down, 
But yeah. yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And there's a lot of that in the racing. I mean, it's just, I wish more people had the experience to hop into a, a car and go around a track and, and realize how difficult all that is mentally speaking. That, hitting, hitting that, on all these points, all the structure you have to do, the turn in, the brake, the apex, all that stuff and still battling it out with like 30 other people and trying not to kill yourself at the same time. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds interesting. I, I mean, I, I love hearing the mechanics and the small things about every, every sport that, that very, that really interests me because that's just, that's just who I am. I'm always wanting to find the little, little things, you know what I mean? Yeah, what makes a person great. Honestly, in, in, in formula and circuit racing, I should just say not formula, but in circuit racing, there is never perfection. I mean, you, uh, you have never done like the correct lap. You know what I mean? There's always, yeah. you know, I should have turned in a little bit sooner. I missed the apex by, you know, six inches over there. I didn't get on power. I slid out a little bit more coming out of this corner. You know, mm-hmm. excuse me. There's never, there's never quite exact perfection. So it's that never ending. You might actually really like it if there's a <laughs> racing school around where you're at. Yeah. If you ever get the chance to go to one, you should try it out. Mm-hmm. Hey, and oh, if they I mean, got to change a tire, Richard could just lift the car up. They don't even need a crew. <laughs> um, I, I did say I was going to create a shirt one day uh, that says, yes, I lift, but no, I won't help you move. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, that. <laughs> That's like having a truck. Everybody expects you to help move, you know? Exactly, um, exactly. But a lot of a lot of the greats and, like, a lot of sports, um, they're like experts in like the basics and details. Um, there's like this like world class jujitsu guy called Damian Maya. He's in the mm-hmm. UFC. He's a title contender. He's probably the, the best jujitsu guy in MMA and he's like a master at like the basics, you know? Um, mm. that's another thing I think that, uh, the greats are good at. It's like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan used to like shoot like what a thousand free throws, like, you know, practicing, uh, crazy. But did Michael Jordan still miss like half of every shot that he took? Like he only made fifty percent, but he was still considered one of the best. I don't know about that. I think Jordan's the greatest ever. That's my opinion. But go ahead, Richard. No, no, no. he may be the greatest, but I'm still saying, out of all the practicing, I still think his his percentage was still only fifty percent, and that got him to that level of greatness. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I'm not sure what percentage it was. I mean, but it wasn't. <clears throat> Super outrageous, but yeah, it sounds yeah. somewhere around fifty percent. Uh, another guy is um, uh, Steph Curry. You know, um, um, he's uh, one of those guys that just just practice his cra- his craft, and um, he's um, him. You know, he just battled uh, LeBron James, which I I'm not a big fan of LeBron James at all, but. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, you know, battled LeBron James in, in the, uh, championship this past year. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, by far, he's, I believe he's so much greater than LeBron James within itself. Uh, yeah. um, just period, you know. But that's another thing with sports too is like, um, it's like when a, uh, a boxer slows down and then a younger buck comes up and they're doing well. People forget mm-hmm. about the accomplishments of the greats and, you know, mm-hmm. I like I think Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player ever. Me, but, yeah, yeah. You, you know, LeBron James is like the new guy, and people say, "Oh, LeBron James is the greatest." How is LeBron James the greatest? He hasn't even been around <laughs> yeah. that long. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like half of the accomplishments, like it's just absurd, and it's just like exactly. this younger crowd they don't know any better. You know, and but, he's, uh, it, to me, he's soft. I'm sorry to cut you off, but to me, he's just—he's <laughs> soft. He's not mentally there, so that don't. Yeah. I mean, he's just. He's all just, he's, he's a physical specimen, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think he could be so much greater than what he is. 
Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's just me. Don, what about you in racing? Do you notice that um, in a race world, like people kind of forget the accomplishments of the greats for the new best thing? The new great Not thing? necessarily because they're held in kind of like a mythological view. Uh, you know, if you're in any type of surrounding or anybody knows anything about racing and you bring up the name Ayrton Senna, everybody's instantly going to know who he is. There's been like multiple movies made, you know, Michael Schumacher, everybody knows him. So in the racing industry, I think you kind of get a special pass because it's so rare, so rare because to get those greats, you really have to have a combination of so much going right at the right time. You have to be there at the right place at the right time, performing at your peak and everything kind of has to all hit on key at the same time for that to happen to be a great. So I think it's more of the fact in racing that the people who don't get a chance to be great really get overlooked, you know. So sometimes, just say, for example, you know, you came into the sport, Dave, and, you know, you've raced whatever series and you've won almost every single race you've entered. You're this new hot show. Oh, that's what I would do, totally. You get signed You get signed <laughs> by a team, so you start on this thing, but the team has issues, and the entire two seasons that you have a contract for, oh, you barely man. finish anything. So you might be one of the greatest racers that never got an opportunity, and that's usually the case oh. in the racing industry, not the other way around. It's so many variables, man. So tons, many variables. Tons of <laughs> And even if you get onto, like, a top team like Ferrari, they're struggling right now <clears throat> because they, they don't have their shit together. So, oh, man. So, you know, oh, that's, that's one of those things, you know. So it could easily be forgotten, but not necessarily, like, a great person who accomplished great things, but a great person who was just never given the opportunity to accomplish gotcha. great things. Yeah. Uh, little, little change of uh, pace, a little different direction. But, um, Richard, I have another question. Um, who... Who inspires you, whether it's like famous, alive, dead, it could be more than one person, but who, who has given you inspiration? Um, my, my, my training partner, he, he got me started. Um, and I always looked up to him and he was, um, he was a phenom himself when he was younger. And, um, and, uh, his name is Tony Capri. Um, he just, I always just did my best when I was around him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, it's another guy that I'm actually still chasing his record. Um, his deadlift record is, um, 683 at 132. And he did that two years after I was born. And that was mm-hmm. the all, that's the all time of all time deadlifts ever. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, I've been chasing that. That's more of motivation, just chasing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, like looked up to anybody. I've always been not worrying about anybody else, not in a selfish way, but not worrying about any, anybody else but me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like <clears throat> we get lost in competing with, with others. Mm-hmm. Um, or trying to beat others to where it allows us to fall short from, from being great, you know? Mm-hmm. So I never really had somebody to where I was like, you know, they, they really pushed me other than, like I said, my training partner now, when he was around and, and we work out together, I had great sessions because, um, that was just, that was just the vibe, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. um, but I've always, up to what I wanted to accomplish, and that's what always kind of motivated me. Hmm. 
Yeah, we spoke to uh, other guests, and and uh, some of them have had like the same mindset of like, don't worry about what other people are doing, like focus on your life, you know. And, and like you said, mm-hmm. it's not even like a, a cocky, selfish thing. It's just um, that's the best way to like approach life and goals. Um, mm-hmm. R- Richard, what are some of your um, best personal records, and have you ever sustained any significant like injury? Okay, um, I'm gonna go with the injury part because I'm really proud of that. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been lifting for 17 years at probably the highest weight to body weight ratio and had no major injuries. Now everybody get little wow. tweaks and things, but um, no major injuries at all whatsoever. So I'm very I'm very um, proud of that, and mm-hmm. I, I think. Um, the proof is in the pudding when it comes to that, you know, with, with the technique that I use and, um, and, um, some of my beliefs and, and how I do things. Mm-hmm. Um, now with, um, my best, um, the best, uh, deadlift I did raw was six, was six, uh, six oh one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my best deadlift, uh, and a in a suit was six fifty. Mm-hmm. Um my best uh bench roll was three oh eight and my best bench in a shirt was uh three twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Squat roll was five sixty five five sixty two and in a suit uh, was five twenty um and a suit was seven twenty two. Oh my uh, god. Four, for a double that was back in 2005 before Katrina, but I had to, I had to quit powerlifting <laughs> due to, um, due to, um, Katrina. I lost both jobs and my daughter was, was born mm. a week after Katrina. Wow. So, um, but, um, but yeah, those are, those are my best, best lifts. Um, um, uh, yeah, those are my best lifts. Having having no injuries uh in that amount of time lifting and, and the uh, the level that you're at is that's that's absolutely amazing and like you know it, it has to be attributed to like your technique and your form and your philosophies on lifting. Um, Richard, I got a fun question. <laughs> Going through this, you know, lifting and 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 being in powerlifting, have you ever gotten a kick out of like outlifting guys way, way bigger than you? Like people who doubted you or you walk into a gym and they look at you and size you up like, Oh, look at this guy. And you just like smoke them. Do you get a kick out of that? Well, no, well that was, that was part of my motivation too. Um, and from the beginning, um, at the beginning, uh, my motivation kind of changed. It, it just changed as it went. But in the beginning, you know, when they asked me to power lift, you know, and I, the, yeah, Coming into the field house or going to a gym, I see people look at me as if like, what, what is he doing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. um, and that's the very thing that drove me at the beginning was, was if you can do it, I can do it. And that's just how I always been, um, mm-hmm. before then, because I grew up in a very, very competitive neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. we had a neighborhood park and we had woods. And when I say competitive neighborhood, I mean competitive neighborhood. We played everything from football, basketball to golf, cocaine, street hockey. <laughs> we played everything. Um, so, um, I was one of the youngest in that generation. It ranged from, from age eight to 
19 where we was always playing sports every day, all day with a, with a range of 20 to 30 kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so very competitive neighborhood. And if I, if, and, and if I wasn't able to compete, then I, I would find myself, I find myself sitting on the sideline watching everybody else compete. So I had to troubleshoot real young. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, uh, that's just what I did and that's what developed me to who I am, you know, um, mm-hmm. as, as, as a child, you know, being eight years old, wanting to play with everybody else, you know, and they, they very competitive. I, I just had to learn how to find my way through it to be able to compete. It's, it's amazing how everything happens for a reason and like, uh, um, exactly things mold you in life, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Don, do you have a question? Cause I got, I got a few more. No, you can keep firing off, man. You're on a roll, dude. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm like legitimately curious about all this. It's fascinating. Um, I'm a fan. So R- Richard, what's your, what's your diet like? Um, do you have a special diet? Do you eat whatever you want? So, um, um, before this year and, um, before this year, this year got a little more serious, and last year uh, um, I started switching things up. Um, before then, I before then I didn't really. I just I just ate, you know, um, and I still wasn't a big eater. I'm never I never been a big eater. Um, I was a meat and potato type of person, but um, I didn't I didn't eat a lot. But um, last year um, I ate a little cleaner. Um, just because, um, I had a personal trainer at my gym, he, um, and, um, he wanted to, uh, cook my meals and he did, he was real good at what he did. And, um, so I ate a little cleaner last year, but with my growth and the more I'm, I'm always evolving. So the more I get into, um, the spiritual aspect of what I do, um, the more things change with me and, uh, I'm winging myself off of meat. I'm trying to go vegan, which is very hard, but I feel so much better. Uh, my thinking is so much better and I get cleaner energy, but it's still kinks that I have to, um, that I have to, to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big person. I'm not a big person that go and read, you know, um, read how other vegans eat and things like that, which is a good thing to do, but I'm always trying to find my own way. Um, I'm always trying to figure it out myself. Um, but that's what, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to transition to become vegan and, uh, see how that works for me. I, I, I don't even want to say that I, I, I believe it's going to work. I know it's going to work for me. And, um, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, being able to, it's, it's just, getting to that point, you mm-hmm. know, to figuring it all out. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at now. Yeah, that that's really interesting. Um <clears throat> powerlifting and uh and, and trying to go vegan. Wow. Yeah. Um uh you so, know, I, I do think, enough. I do think, I know you're on a roll and I let you go with that one. Uh I do think it is time. It's about that time. Do you think it's that time in the show? I do. 
For the rapid um, fire? <laughs> for the rapid fire. No, nobody oh, escapes. Nobody escapes. <laughs> nobody is safe. This is fun, Richard. Fire. Don't worry. Yeah, no, it's it's a big old goof time. Do <laughs> I'm just going to ask you simple this or that things that may or probably actually not may or may not. They they pretty much will get more complex as it goes on. But it's all in good fun. Just, uh, you know, it'll be simple <laughs> stuff. Like if I'm going to ask you right now off the top of your head, which would you prefer, water or wine, you would say? Water. Water. So that's the name of the game. And we're just going to do this for uh, a minute or so. Uh, <coughs> excuse Uh-oh. me. Decided to uh, breathe uh, saliva. Uh, would you <laughs> rather, uh, would you rather have, uh, Pac-Man the game or a pet rock? Pac-Man. Alright, would you rather get stuck in a rainstorm or stuck in a snowstorm? <laughs> rainstorm. <laughs> would you rather have regular lemonade or pink lemonade? <laughs> Regular. All right. Would you rather have pizza or French fries? Something simple there. Pizza. No, all the way. <laughs> for sure. Dude, for I sure. love pizza, dude. I'll tell yeah. you what, man. Deluxe I, I pizza, no own. sausage. Dude. <laughs> I pizza my was own. my life. Yeah, I, I love it, dude. You really should. If you ever get like a KitchenAid thing, you should try making it yourself. If you ever get the chance to, it's awesome. I think it oh. tastes so much better. But uh not to go on there too long. Uh one day on Mars or or uh <laughs> or one day in the White House. Oh Mars. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> like, yeah. Earth on Mars. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's all me. <clears throat> would you rather be on a tropical island or a snow capped mountain? Uh tropical island. All right. Road trip buddy, Justin Bieber or Keith Richards? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you gotta pick one. <laughs> it's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Keith Richards. <laughs> These still have some cool stories. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, right. I, I probably would have picked uh, Keith also. Yeah. If you had to, you had to repeat uh, one section of school. Which would it be? High school. Eleventh, right. eleventh grade to be ex- to be specific. <laughs> why, why so specific? What happened in eleventh grade? Was that like first girlfriend? Mm, I didn't. I ran to school. <laughs> I felt like I, I, I did any and everything I wanted to in eleventh grade. You probably were the strongest guy in the school. That's not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just worked out. It just worked out like that. That year was a good year. That's always that's always good. Uh, Let's see. Uh, I don't know if you're a fan of older movies or uh, comedy movies, but would you rather uh, watch Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison? Um, Billy Madison. All right. Now, would you rather have a life without sex or life without a gym? <laughs> that's Whoa. fucked up. Ooh, that's, a, that's a damn Don. <laughs> it doesn't get you easier. You're going to put him on a spot like that? That's a tough one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I just get out of shape. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna get fat. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay true. I'm gonna say life, but uh, I can't. That's wrong, man. That's not right. <laughs> can he get a pass oh, on this I, one? Can I forfeit this one? Can I just move on? Come back to this? it. You're gonna say I'm not taking either. I'm going. I'm going my own path. I'm keeping sex and gym. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm keeping them both. <laughs> 
We don't really right. hold you in guidelines. I, I, you know, I forget we had one celebrity one time. I asked him if he'd rather lose hearing or lose sight, and he goes, "I don't want anything, and I want a third eye to see the world with or something like that." I was like, I was like, all right, that's how you answer. There we go. There we go. All right, just for the last one. In the future, a couple of years down the road, maybe you're not as fit as you are now. You've been kidnapped by a couple of really strong dudes. Uh, you have a choice to fight either Mike Tyson or a honey badger high on PCP. Which one do you take? A honey badger on PCP. Look, a honey badger. Man, it's pretty. I'll take Mike Tyson. Really? You know, Why would you take Mike Tyson? Yes. Um, I, I, I think I can. You said, I think I still be in better shape. Then yeah. I think I can at least run for a good bit. And yeah. I, I mean. I don't know when the honey badger will actually stop. So <laughs> Mike Tyson, his wind is not as good, you know. So yeah, you know, a better chance. What Dave said the other day, because we were discussing this. Dave goes, he he said he would fight Mike Tyson because after one hit, he'd probably be in a coma and just not feel it after that. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> honey that, badger will maim you. Yeah, honey badger. They, they don't they don't think they just keep going. So you know, after somebody knock you out, most of the time it's it. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's a wrap. Honey badger will just go and eat your eyes out. Have you seen that video on YouTube? The honey badger uh, a few years ago. Yeah, when he's like, honey badger don't care. Honey badger doesn't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Honey badger, whatever. Kick Chuck Norris's ass. Yeah, I Um, think I would go with Tyson for the same reason. Just get knocked flat on my ass. Yeah, yeah, dude, Honey right. Badgers, freaking um, Tasmanian Devils. What's another little vicious one out there? Wolverines. Uh, Wolverines. <laughs> raccoons are pretty it. vicious as well. Oh, yeah. Raccoons are nasty little suckers. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Don, you go with the rapid fires? Yeah, that's, that's, that's everything I got. All right. Richard, I know we've had you on here for a bit. Only got a few more questions, promise. Um, so mm-hmm. for the people listening out there and your fans, um, what are some other hobbies you're into or other things you're passionate about? Uh, um, I've I've been passionate about just figuring life out. <laughs> mm. uh, that's just been my life lately. I mean, um, so you're like philosophical then? Yes, yes, deep very, thinker. Very, very, yeah, um, mm. yeah. That's 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 pretty much what I'm I'm into now. You know, just mm. figuring out things. That's mm-hmm. and that's mostly Sagittarius, Sagittarius. Um, mm. but, like a trait, uh, but I'm sorry. Like a trait of like a, a Sagittarius. Yeah, like like the sign. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. That's just that's just me. You know, I'm always mm-hmm. trying to find the absolute truth about everything and trying to figure everything out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I spend my time also just thinking about life. Like today, as a matter of fact, I was just sitting by the water, and uh, the, the biggest thing I think about most of the time is like, it's you know, not to get super deep, but like, what is the meaning of life? Like. What's our mm-hmm. purpose here? Um, you know, what does this all mean? Um, and we've like talked about it on a podcast also. Um, I think, I think the meaning of life is just like to grow and, uh, mm-hmm. experience life, find happiness. And as corny as it sounds, like help others, you know, along the way. But, uh, no, no, I, I, I definitely believe the same thing. And, um, 
to back up just a little bit, um, I am getting into back to wanting to be in nature more and more and more. Um, like I said, when we was little, we, we stayed in the woods, you know, playing manhunt and things like that, but it's been eating me away to go, go hike or something like that as well. So, you know, just being in nature. Isn't there um, like a, like an amazing energy, Richard, like when you're in nature? Yes. 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 It's, it's yes. just, it's, it's natural. Like we're, we're meant to be there. Like Don and I have talked mm. about this, like concrete and all this. Yeah. system and city around us like it to me it's not natural and it's not it's a it's not a surprise that there's so much like depression out there and issues anxiety yeah no yeah, you, think, you're absolutely right it's it's I, it, it's a big it's a big part of it i think even people that live in a city who say they don't feel those ways do like it still eats at them even if they're not aware of it because everybody gets burned out at some point of being in a city, always being around movement and sirens and lights and mm-hmm. like shit always going like on and on and on and on, never taking a break. Um, the, yeah. the, hardest, the hardest thing for a human being to do. Um, well, one of the hardest things is being able to sit in silence mm-hmm. or be still, be still mm-hmm. and sit in silence. That's, that's just, that's just hard. I'll tell um, you, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, you know, I, uh, I told the story before, so our listeners probably are already aware of it, but I got married out in Tahiti. And when okay. you go out there, when you go out there, we spent three weeks out there. There's no billboards. There's no radio. There's no TV. There's nothing. I mean, you have society, you know, you still have places to buy food. You still have people and stuff, but they don't really care about that stuff. And it's extra money. They don't want to spend that They don't have. So you don't really see all of it. You're not bombarded. So Within even just a couple of days, you get used to the sound of like, I don't, I don't want to say just nature, but of things, mm-hmm. you know, yep. the trees, the, the wind, the, the ocean. And that just becomes your natural surrounding, like your playlist that you hear all the time. And then after three weeks, I remember to this day, and it's interesting you were talking about wanting to get back to nature. Uh, within three weeks, we landed back in LAX, which is one of the worst airports <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And, and we were sitting there just trying to get a coffee and we couldn't move. We were almost just not like paralyzed, but just stuck. We got out of the, the terminal and we sat there and we're looking at this horde of people just rushing the Starbucks in and out and pushing each other out of the way. There's people like speaking over the loudspeaker, looking for lost stuff. There's radio advertisements, people pushing mm-hmm. us out of the way. And we were like, Oh my God, this is like, it's, it was like going through, um, not like withdrawal, but like, uh, what do you call it? Culture shock. Yeah. No, so I think you don't realize sometimes how much you actually need to get away into nature. I mean, yeah, you do. I went to, um, Alaska not too long ago to do a oh, seminar. Jealous, jealous. Oh man, it was, it was, it was heaven. <laughs> Literally, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was heaven. And, um, the guy, the host and, uh, I stayed with him and his family and, uh, they stayed on a lake mm-hmm. and, um, like, Everything about Alaska, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up moving here, even though I hate, I hate cold weather. You know, what I mean, it, I mean, it was perfect. The weather was up there was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, every, every, it was just, okay, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's amazing it's, how sometimes you enter into that scenario and you don't know you need it until you get mm-hmm. there. And then yep. you're like, whoa, I feel complete right now. Or, or, you know, you feel relaxed, you know? Mm hmm. Exactly. And like you said, you was talking about the the noise and I kind of brought it up. Um, you, you never with noise, you never think about the present moment. 
Mm-hmm. It's always noise is a distraction. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's where, that's where, where we all, all tend to make bad decisions in, in bigger cities. You know, a lot of things are going on because it's just so many distractions and noise is a, is a big part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, we never really sit and think about who we are as people. And I think that's what, that's what the city or, or our civilization, our, mm-hmm. uh, society. Society, you know, um, it's a big issue. It's, it's sitting at, yeah, it's a huge, mm-hmm. it's a huge issue, mm-hmm. and in my eyes, so yeah, yeah, that, that's well, an interesting I think, view. I, I do agree with it. Also, go ahead, Don. Yeah, I know. I was just saying, and I, I agree. I just think that people don't realize, you know, that's the thing is when they're there, they're doing the stuff. They don't, they don't realize the effect it has. Like when we left, I, I thought I was already chill and calm because you know uh, I'm from the south. I. You know, we have, we live in, in a relatively calm area. Like I never see ambulances or whatever, but, uh, there's still a lot of stress because, you know, there's the travel to work, mm-hmm. the getting, getting in trouble. There's, there's the making sure you clock out on time. There's this, that, the bills, all this, that. And, and then there's constant, like you said, there's noise, whether or not you realize it. And then yep. when I went away, it was one of those things like I didn't even realize like I needed it. And I went out and I, when I came back, I was like, no, I want to go, I want to go back to the South Pacific. <laughs> Screw this. Yeah. Place. Yeah, Richard, uh, I actually, I grew up in, uh, Bronx, New York, so I grew up in the inner city. Oh. Yeah, and, um, I wound up moving to New England, like, in 97, and it was, like, a huge, just, like, environment change and, and culture shock for me. And, like, I never want to move back to the city. Like, it's just not for me. I like being in nature. I like mm-hmm. a slower pace, and, uh, I definitely get what you're saying about the whole noise thing. I, I can't deal with the traffic and the hustle and bustle. This is not for me, you know. Yep, but, yep. Um, and I that's got, one got, thing too. Go ahead, Richard. Uh, I, it's kind of off off of it, but yeah, I hate traffic and I oh hate having God. to <laughs> pay or look for parking. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I oh my God, hundred percent with you. I, I always have fantasies of, uh, like having like a bazooka and just, just leaning on my window, <laughs> like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, just I gotta, I'm out of the way. <laughs> I just got two more questions for you, Richard. Promise. Um, so when it's all said and done, um, what do you hope to achieve, like with this whole journey with, uh, with powerlifting? I believe my whole purpose, I believe powerlifting is my tool. And I believe my whole purpose is to um, to draw people in with powerlifting, um, teach them how to move and the important and the uh, the importance of movement, movement and the evolution part of um, the mental and spiritual side of it. To where I believe I'm doing my job to to evolve. Uh, a person at a time to become a better person. And when that person becomes a better person, it just makes our, our society that much better because right now our society is, um, is mentally weak and, um, controlled and so much more, um, um, it, it's just, it's just a, a lot of stuff that's actually going on. Um, yeah. they, 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 they are there. It's too many sheep. You know what I mean. And uh, mm-hmm. nobody really follows their own road. And I believe it's my job. It, since I have this this gift, I, I believe it's my job to um, to spread it and to teach them. You know, um, uh, a way to get back to themselves. So 
So when that happens, they can give back to somebody else and it just gets better. So that's my whole envision with my seminars and my lifting and all that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It, it's amazing. Uh, we should actually have you come back on and talk about life because Don and I, we have similar views on like this whole system and society. We've had episodes on that. Um, there's a lot of things wrong with this whole system. And like, I agree with you. Like there, there are a lot of sheeple out there, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the news and media doesn't help, you know, um, oh, no. <laughs> sways people, changes mentalities. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot wrong, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, you get way too involved with that stuff. People love, love to find that shit and then they reinforce it. And I can't remember what it's called, but I, and I just read an article about this. This happens on like every podcast we talk about some people when, when they, when they find this stuff, like when you're talking about on the news being influenced and stuff, they find what makes them, uh, interested and then they just keep watching it and keep investing into it and follow it on social media. And it kind of reinforces these things that I do think like what you're saying <clears throat> when we're having like a weaker culture <clears throat> mentally, I think that kind of leads to that because then they mm-hmm. follow and then whatever that one person or group says, that person or group is 100% correct and you don't know why and they're going to tell you why. And they're just blindly following people, I feel. Well, and negativity yeah. too, man. If you're just talking about media, I mean, the only thing that's reported is negative stuff, you know. I mean, there's so much exactly. good to happen. Fear so mongering. Yeah, yeah. There's so much good that mm-hmm. happens in the world, but it's not reported because there's no ratings there, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Richard, uh, Don, do you have any other questions? No, no. I'd just like to thank Richard for being on. It was very uh, enlightening, fun episode. Oh, totally. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be on here. It, it was, uh, it was, it's definitely fun and uh, interesting. I'm, I'm glad you had a good time, Richard. It was an honor to have you on. Uh, you were very gracious with your time and super cool, down earth and humble. Um, we're gonna plug whatever you want in the description of the episode, websites or whatever. But for the people listening, um. Do you have anything you want to plug, like seminars or, or what? Where can the fans reach you? Um, you can reach me on my Instagram at Richard underscore Hawthorne. Um, you can DM me there. You can reach me on my YouTube, uh, Richard um, the Ant Hawthorne, and also my Facebook, um, Richard Hawthorne. Or um, if you're ever down in Biloxi, Mississippi, or Diaverville, Mississippi. My gym is called Southern Elite. And, um, also if you are interested in, to, interested in one of my seminars, uh, hit me up in one of those, uh, medias and, uh, we can go for, further with that. Awesome. And, uh, like I said, we're definitely going to plug all that. And, uh, once again, Richard, you know, just, just thank you for being on. It really was a pleasure. Um, and that's all Same I got. Man. So, uh, <laughs> you want me to pull us out there, Dave? <laughs> um, if you want to take us out, it'd be great. That That's fine by me. I wasn't sure if that's what you were going for. We're just making this show up as we go. <laughs> hey, that's well, you know, if anybody wants to find us, they can find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook at, at uh, Funny Blunt Truth uh, Podcast. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on, uh, what's that one? iTunes. That's what it is. Make sure you subscribe, <laughs> rate, uh, tell us we suck, tell us we're great. Uh, whatever the case is, it helps us all out in the end. Um, and you can email us uh, if you have an idea for a guest, a question, anything. It's uh, funnybluntruthpodcast at gmail.com. For Richard Hawthorne, our special guest, Dave, myself, Don, this has been Episode 28 of Funny Blunt Truth. We'll see you on the next one. 